Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. That is the laugh of Sarah Buxton, everyone. (laughs) She is, you know what, Sarah? I have always had a girl crush on you. Not to be like hashtag girl crush because everyone says that. But you were one of the first people that I ever met in Nashville. Because when I moved to town, I started interning for Victoria Shaw, who's a big hit Mm -hmm. songwriter. She was sharing an office with Leslie Thomasina, who is a big publisher, amazing. And you were like best friends riding with Leslie. And I discovered you right in the beginning. And you have one of the greatest voices that the world has ever known. (laughs) You're so cool. You're like the coolest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And you yourself are also a hit. You're a hit songwriter. You've written multiple hits, number ones. But like when I met you, I was like, oh my God, every time I go in the office and you're there, I get nervous. I'm like, oh my God, what? No, you did not. Well, you were just so cool. And I was this like little lowly You were so cool. You were so cool. Little sunshine girl with your sundresses and just from Texas. I just, I love you. We do go way back. That's like. I mean, years. To 2004, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the year you moved to Nashville? Yes. I remember. I remember like what year everything happened. It's you weird. Do? Yeah, it's weird. Until children. And then since then, I'm just sort of like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but before children, I knew everything. So I knew that you moved in 2004. That's right. See, I feel very privileged to have a timestamp in your brain. Oh my gosh, shut it right now. <laughs> Those were wild times. That was so fun in that little publishing house. 
where Lady Annabellum began. That was right? the birth, birth of Lady A. Because Hillary of Lady A. was working with Victoria um, as a songwriter. And yeah. then Victoria ended up co-producing that first album with Lady A. I mean, I remember when Lady A got together. Do you? Oh, yeah. My husband was playing guitar for... Tom was playing guitar for Hillary when she would do, like, her label showcases. Yes. And to this day, just Tom just loves Hillary's voice. I mean, who doesn't? So amazing. Right. So, like, yeah, I just remember all those times. That was before I had a record deal, right? Well, and see, that is the thing. You, to me, I don't know why you're not the biggest country star on the planet. Because you I have did. the greatest voice that ever was. <laughs> I know why. And you, have, you, went, you had a lot of record today. deals. Okay, tell me why. Because you, you were like that artist that every label was bidding over. Every label wanted you. Like, there was mm. like a label war going on. Like, who can get Sarah Buxton? Who's going to get her? Because there was. You, I know. Because you were the hottest yeah. artist to hit the town. How did that, like, what happened? Tell me. Because I think you should be bigger than Stevie Nicks. Well, I am so happy to talk about that now because I have such peace about it. Like something has totally um, fallen off, like the train. Like all of the, the old stories about why that didn't work have just like on the bumps of life, it's just jostled off and just fallen. And um, for years I had a lot of bitterness about it. Like it took me forever to like Taylor Swift. Like I, at the beginning I was just like, Oh, I mean, for like a long time, I just couldn't stand it. And what finally, made you mad? She, well, she came out at the exact, she wanted to like write with me in the beginning. And I was too in where I was to see that that would be a good opportunity. Like I, which is the story of my life. I'm always just so where I am, but, um, I can't get past it. And, um, she uh, took off, like, a, she was a week before me on my radio tour. So here I was. I fi finally get to go on this radio tour. I'm finally coming. And then every single station I go to, she was, like, days before me. And I felt like every single person was like, right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but have you heard Taylor Swift? And, and so it was just like, <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God, I, I just want to not feel this way, but I can't not feel this way. But finally, then uh, years later, she made 1989 and I was like, okay, fine. I am a huge fan. I love that record. I am like the biggest fan. I loved her writing. I loved it. So finally, I was able to let that go whenever 1989 came out. But, um, you know, I don't think I really, I think I always, there was always a part of me that didn't want it. There was things about that path that never quite aligned with me. Like and I can, I can see it now. Um, I did not like the process of all of the beauty stuff, like the hair extensions. And I didn't like the way my hair looked compared to other, like this is my hair. And I like it now, but at the time it just didn't, I was like, no, like, this is, look, just flip through Country Weekly. Like, there's a look. That, I mean, especially back then, like, everything was just so, like, Gretchen Wilson had just hit. You know what I mean? This is, like, a long-ass time ago. So it was, like, pre-so many things. And it was just, like, 
that was exhausting to me. The, there was this whole idea that I had that I had to pitch myself and like sell myself and like talk about certain things every time, every day that just exhausted me. And I was way too honest all the time. Like it, it just didn't suit my personality. Like, and also, um, I just find, I'm finding that I'm a lot happier when I'm just living a life where I'm able to be completely honest and I'm able to just relax a little bit. Like I need time to just do what I want. And there was no time to do what you want when you do, no. when you have that lifestyle. And especially, um, especially when you're in the beginning phases trying to break uh, in because it is a nonstop. You are at a radio station every single day playing on your new single. Then you have a radio show where you're doing a festival. Then you have, you might hop on a tour. Maybe you're touring with someone. So it's like you are nonstop going, 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 going. I do think if, once you can hit that, I've observed now being a national. Yes, I have too. Once you hit that superstar level, it actually kind of is awesome because you get a lot of time off in between yes. touring, but you got to hit, you got You're help. either at the top or <laughs> yeah, you can have help. Then you have somebody doing the hair for you. Then you have somebody doing the makeup for you. You have people bringing you clothes. Somebody, I did a round with uh, Brett. Oh God, I forget who it was, Brett Jones, the other night. And, and he was talking about Jason Aldean, about how like in the beginning he couldn't afford shit. And then finally when he made it, it's like they're giving him cards. Yeah. You make it, you have all the money that you ever, ever hoped for. And then people are just giving you clothes and giving you cars. And, like, and I knew that too. I remember there was a meeting where they were like, okay, you're sitting down with your business management and they're, pulling out the 10 year plan and you're going to be making on this year, you're going to be making 2 million a year. Wow. And I remember after a certain amount of years of having that meeting and have it not quite go, <laughs> I just was finally like, we do not know that on that year I'm going to be making 2 million. I think I'm just going to not sign another record. I mean, so, so to go backwards, so lyric street, Oh, how about I finish that sentence? At that time, it had been five years of, of record label, total insanity. Probably, I had some really great moments, but th that was not the best five-year chunk of my life. It was a very and, hard time for me. And that was the beginning. Oh, my God. When everybody was after you, you, got, you finally picked a label. It was Lyric Street. That was, yeah. That was Rascal oh. Flatts' label. And then it was like, immediately out of the gate, they picked a ballad to follow Taylor Swift's ballad. Oh, so they were kind of like Innocence. falling in Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Which I love that song, Innocence. It was so great. And for everyone listening, a lot of new artists, like ballads, mm. we love ballads. Like listeners love ballads. But love like it. radio stations do not like to play ballads. It slows their station down. So or like, girls. <clears throat> girls or ballads. So here's Sarah, yeah. a new girl with a ballad. So that's tough. It was a Yeah, it was and then it was like. Well, and then to this day, there's still this conversation of like, when I'll talk about a girl, a female that I adore, somebody will say, yeah, but they'll, they'll like make this argument like, but what about her? Because I think she's better because this. And I'll be like, okay, like, so wait, so when I bring up a female, then you have to then tell me why this other female is the one that should be the one 
Right. Why can't they all? I mean, it is maddening to me. It's so fucked up. And I am not even, I mean, I can't even have that conversation anymore. I'm just like, I can't even participate. It just makes me so, I I just. that, That there only can be one. So how did you move through that five years, that five years of like signing your label deal, going on the radio tour, feeling like you're following Taylor Swift? Like, how did you get through that? What, what came, what was your process? Well, my music, I mean, I always loved writing and that was the thing that I always was like creating and writing and, um, trying new things. I, I would try different producers. Like I made this awesome music with um, Laurie White and Chuck Cannon and Tom, my husband, Tom Bukovac. Out and in, everyone listening, like, Tom Bukovac, Tom is Sarah's husband, and he's oh. like the greatest guitar player truly in the world. He plays on basically every major superstar's album. You'll, if you hear a great guitar, guitar, it's Tom. <laughs> well, there's other, there's other guys that, you'll, that you're hearing too. But he's but, yeah, one of the he's, best. He's amazing. And, but, and so during those years, I would come off the road, and he and I would just make our own music, you know, we would just explore and write weird shit and just jam and play stuff together at home. And I would drink a lot wine <laughs> and, um, and, uh, Ooh, I realized I didn't put this on airplane mode, but I don't think it should matter. Um, but we would do that. And, uh, I have these really warm memories of my bandmates, these guys that were on the road with me. Oh my God, my guitar players, I could cry. Like, um, Doug Collins, uh, which is my husband's second cousin, (laughs) turned out to be one of my best friends. I will always consider these guys to be some of my best friends of life. Like Doug Collins, Tyler Kane. Oh, I love Tyler. Tyler Kane. Um, John Osborne from the Osborne Brothers Osborne. How funny is that? Now he's like in a superstar duo. And Charlie Warsham. Yes. And, but, um, even like Eric Pasley came out and did a ton of gigs with me as my guitar player. But I, I used like King Billy, like, uh, Charlie Warsham and John Osborne and, uh, like Matt Utterback's a guitar, a bass player that was, uh, that's, you know, Hunter Hayes and he's done a ton of different gigs, but, um, they were in a band called King Billy. And I think always deep down, I just wanted to be in a band because it was so lonely being a solo artist. I mean, oh my God. Um, you know, you were in a band. I mean, it's the best having friends that you're out there with. Like it's the best. It's the best and the worst though, because like I love it and I want to change it forever. Cause I was in Stealing Angels. Most people who listen to this know that I was in a band Stealing Angels with Taylor Lynn and Jen Wayne. But it is, and Jen's now in Runaway June. And Taylor Lynn is doing her own thing. She's Loretta Lynn's granddaughter, cr- crushing it. But it is hard, though, because you have, so you have three very strong personalities who are equal bosses and have different opinions sometimes. And so that can get tricky. But overall, I would pick it over being a solo artist, for sure. Because I don't oh want to be God. lonely. I get too lonely. Oh, it's horrible. And, <laughs> and they would be like my, they were like the elixir that would just like, every day that hang and that camaraderie and that goodness it was just like i lived for it and they they were like so funny and there was just so much laughter so i would be like this is what i like and then i'd go do these shows i would just my voice was always gone and i really think it was like a i i really feel like it was like a throat chakra like block 
Like my, my throat was, you go back and listen to anything I sang on in those days or anything that is on YouTube of me and my voice is gone. But maybe because it's just I was, you were singing all the time. Like you probably sang every single day when you're like on the radio tour breaking in, like you don't ever get a yeah. break. And I was singing hard. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you don't get a break. And that was the other thing is like when it was the time when you weren't performing and you were, I was like, I was expected to be like resting my voice in my hotel room. So I would just like be on my laptop listening to Steely Dan. And that was the other thing that I didn't like was like being a part of a genre was so hard for me because I just love, I love all kinds of music and I like writing all kinds of music. And I found it really hard to just be like, yeah, but anyway, we're glad you like Steely Dan. But what country artists are you liking? Right. You know, and it was just like, I just always felt, I don't like boxes. You're not <laughs> a box like girl. You're not I'm a not a box girl. Hmm. No, not a box girl. So what like, happened? Weeds are going to be growing out. Oh, well, you're a wildflower. You always have. <laughs> yes. That's what makes yes. you beautiful. So what happened? You're all getting tried to box in. It didn't go, go, wasn't going well. You put the ballot out. Everything was kind of like not adding up, even though everyone was like, Sarah Buxton is the one. Oh, and then my label president on in 2008, I love Randy Goodman to this day. He's like one of my favorite. If Randy Goodman was like, Sarah, I really need a friend. Uh, will you go to dinner with me tomorrow? I would be like, hell yeah. I love you, Randy. Like, I love him. And I, but I just remember him say, there was a quote in country air check, whatever magazine in like 2008, like I was still signed and it was two, two years before the label closed. And I, and all the all the artists got dropped because the label closed, but he put in a magazine. They said like, what's the biggest regret of your career? And he was like, Sarah Buxton period. Like she, and then he was like, she's the most talented person i don't know why we weren't able to break her like past tense and i just felt so i felt sad i felt hopeless and depressed and mad and frustrated and then two years after that i still was touring and putting singles out <laughs> with so much bitterness <laughs> and uh oh my god like bitterness stew it's a bitter stew we're just going to keep adding more and more bitterness into the stew just like keep stirring it smiling yeah oh god it was just horrible um but so when the label finally closed i tried to do start a duo with jed my one of my best friends and um we toured for a couple years i opened for martina mcbride who's still one of my great friends and um talked about signing another record deal and I wanted to do something that wasn't just totally mainstream country and that record deal kind of fell through and um we just kind of went I just went hold on a second I think I just want to rest and like have a garden and like get married and have babies <laughs> so that's what I did I was like my my I remember my uh business manager calling me up and kind of dropping me like and I was like damn like they just dropped me <laughs> they're like <laughs> we're done with you <laughs> and I was like okay bye now what um but you know I have at that point then I was like well I think I spent a year just making music 
And I feel like it not to be, not to live in hindsight because so many things are coming full circle right now. But, um, I, I can see now that at that time it would have been a nice time if my soul had been ready to just start releasing music on my own. Um, I had a studio in my house. My husband is an amazing producer and guitar player. I had everything at my disposal, but I wasn't ready. I was so traumatized by the process of being a recording artist. I'm still, I've been in recovery for being a recording artist in Nashville for the last 10 years, you know? And um, now I can, I feel like I'm finally starting to get sober. Like I've been like still binging and purging on the music industry for the last 10 years, not to be dark, but it's been, um, well, the thing is it hits different people differently. Like, I feel like there's some people that are just hold things lightly. Those are the Tony Browns of the world. Tony Brown, like people like that just like live for it. He's just like, yeah, baby, that's show business. Well, Tony, everyone, no, Tony Brown's like one of the best producers <laughs> in the world. But Sarah, I think that like I would be bitter also if I was you because, okay, this is how I see it. You know, some people are just born with this God-given innate gift to make music and it is just mm -hmm. what they know in their soul. It's yeah. not like a quick, oh, I want to be a country singer. Or I want to be famous or whatever. It's like a right. deep knowing in your soul that this is what you are put mm -hmm. on this earth to do. Yeah. You have been recognized by yourself. You've been recognized by your peers, by everyone around you that you have this gift. It's beyond just a superficial fame thing or let's just make some music that makes people right. want to yes, sing along. Is. It is it like is. you're calling. And yes. so when you're calling, <laughs> right. when you're calling is, is trying to get out and to be received and to be heard and to be expressed Yes, and doors keep slamming in your face, but you mm -hmm. know that it's supposed to happen because it's so much mm -hmm. bigger than you as a human. It's your calling. And it just keeps getting slammed in your face. Like, that has to burn you. That has to be so beyond frustrating because this is truly your purpose. And so, right. so I guess like what I have been learning with life is I never had a calling of music like that. I have, my calling mm -hmm. has, has led me all sorts of different places. And I feel like I finally actually landed in it now with interviewing people. But I have realized that sometimes your calling takes you on this like really windy, mm. tumultuous path that like completely breaks your spirit and breaks your heart. But then when you break, like something happens and a rebirth happens. Oh yes. And I feel like yep. you were saying a lot of stuff is coming full circle for you right now. Like, are you, yeah. are you in that? Like you have been so broken. Like, cause you, like you said, yeah. you had, you had bitterness too for a long time. Cause you're like, this is supposed to be happening. Why the F is this not happening? And then all of a sudden you finally have to just accept it that like, okay, here's my, this is what, this is where I am, I guess. Like what finally started breaking you down to allow you to start being reborn and let your purpose well, still come out, but it's now, it's just taking a different shape. Well, I started, so I, I can, I, I think it comes when you take personal responsibility for the parts that you've played in that. Okay. When I look back, I mean, I, 
I got into a 12-step program. I haven't made it all the way through, so I'm not like a spokesperson for it. But I did make it to step four. And Was um, this actually for music? One or? thing that I've found, and it's basically... Was it for your music career? No. Oh, oh, oh. That okay. would be amazing. I should start, <laughs> I should start that recovery program. <laughs> actually, oh, my God. Yes, I should start that recovery program. Yes, no, you should. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That's hilarious and also very true. Okay. Um, it's funny because it's true. Mm -hmm. But um, I really found, like in the Serenity Prayer, they talk a lot about like what you have control over and what you have power over and what you don't. And I had a therapist who um, was really, she would talk about, well, before we go into power, powerlessness, let's talk about what we actually do have power over. And like, before we go into the whole, all the powerlessness shit. And I was like, okay, about so many things, like about my marriage is actually what drove me to this program. And, but once I got in there, I was realizing, wow, this is so me. Like I was sitting here focused on my husband as this burning little hot spot of like what was really hard about my life because it's easy because I live with him and it's and it's freaking annoying sometimes to be married to someone I mean let's be real like marriage is great but it's so hard yes sometimes it's like pushes you to the brink so it was my catalyst and they call it your qualifier like that's my qualifier that's why I'm here but then once I really started getting honest with it I was like oh my god wow this is such amazing work because Look at all the things I'm doing to contribute. Look oh, at all the wow. things I actually have control over. Like, I don't have to say that after he does that. I could just do this and then this would happen. Or like in the music business, my gosh, there was so many things. Like, I was so reactive and so emotional all the time. That's what I do. I'm emotional. And I was so reactive to everything. I also could see that over the last 10 years, I could have released music. So once I, and then, I mean, I, I went through a real dark night of the soul the last three years in my life. As you know, we've been talking about doing this podcast. And I was like, I can't talk about anything right now. I'm so lost. I was just lost in the dark. I mean, they call it the dark night of the soul. But it's like, that's my, I, I'm just walking. I have no idea where I am. I have no idea how to get back to where I came from or like where, where this is even heading. I don't know. That's um, wild, but, Sarah. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. It was crazy. And it, and it was like a lot of poor me was coming out that needed to come out. But like I said, taking personal responsibility and staying this in this mindset of healing and personal responsibility. I mean, and then we come into 2020 where it's like, oh my, like, there's so much that's beyond our control and it has honestly been gut-wrenching, but the biggest gift that has come out of this time for me has just been simplifying what I know now, like where, how peace feels. Now that things have slowed down, it's like, I know what, how peace feels. I know when my family gets rocked and and then I end up losing my temper because I'm behind schedule. And then it's this and then it's this. And then, you know, I'm missing the great moments of life. Like I'm missing the point of life. That's been the gift that's come out of this is just like, darling, like it's like God saying, 
darling, like this is, this is peace. This is slow. And this is doable. Now, when you start adding things back in, choose what you're bringing in, like really choose it. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Like now is a great time for everybody to do that because so much has been stripped from us. And not that if you're not ready to look at something right now, that there won't come another opportunity because that's how it works. It's like, I think we all came here to learn things. And I think that's what I can see looking back is like, this kept circling around for me. And, and now it's like, I'm trying to. So what, what is the great lesson that you feel like has been circling you? Like what has been, what have you been in the the twister for? Um, I have a, I made, I've been thinking about this concept of agreements. There's a book by Don Miguel Ruiz or Ruiz or something that, um, it's called the four agreements, which are great four agreements to live by. And it's like such an awesome book. Right. But I love I've that been book. thinking about the term of agreements because I, I really feel like I really bought into, I bought stock in some things at really, at a really young age that, um, I think I came here to learn how to get over. Um, when I was a little girl, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to realize now there was like an experience that I had as a little girl where my parents thought I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not smart, but they, I think they thought I was like real, real smart because I was, I mean, I am smart, but, but I mean, I'm not saying I'm not smart, <laughs> but um, they thought I would be in the gifted program because I had learned to read. It's like such a really early age. They were like, wow, she's super bright. Now that I'm a mom, I can see like I was behind, I was a year behind all the other kids. You know, I was one of those summer birthdays where you're always younger. And there were these two girls that I was best friends with. I remember like I introduced them and then they became best friends. Did you ever have anything like that happen? It's like, yeah, I was like, oh, you guys would love each other. And then they were like, bye. Became best friends. But it's because their dads had like a similar profession and so their families were always doing stuff. Um, but I think I internalized that. And then I remember the day we all got, that the people that got called to Gifted went and it was like I had already kind of internalized that they were best friends. And they like, they called the kids that were Gifted and them two were in, were in it. I just... I did some trauma work and I remembered that feeling of watching them leave the classroom that day. Were you and not I felt, No. And I was 1% below. You had to be 95% or above. And I was 94%. And I remember my mom, my mom and dad going, dang it. You know? And I, and I remember them just feeling like, wow, I really didn't measure up. Like, Dang, that's brutal to call people out of class and gifted and leave everyone behind who's not. Wow. I know it's a brutal world though. I mean, the whole oh. damn world, look around. It's brutal. Like it is this brutal. World, people go, oh my God, America's gonna, America's gonna turn into a third world country. I'm like, newsflash, it is a freaking third world country for some people. Yeah. Like, it is. It is you brutal. Ever, it can be brutal. Life is brutal. So, but I mean, like at that time, you know, and I didn't have the wherewithal to like talk to my parents about how I felt. They definitely would have cared, 
but I just didn't have the wherewithal. I was in third grade. And then I, then I was like eating to comfort myself. And my grandma was slowly revealing herself to be an addict. And like, she was my caretaker, like, cause my mom would be working and my grandma would take care of me. And she was the one that always came to put blankets on me. And now she's showing up that she hasn't, like, she drove the freaking car through the wall of our house, you know? Like, I mean, like, I remember that happening and, like, I was eating to soothe myself. And then I became this chubby child. And, like, and I remember my, the boys that I had crushes on, like, commenting on my weight and that I was a giant. I was, like, I was freaking, I was five, I was almost five, six when I was 12. I was tall and so I was supposed to be really tall so I just like stopped eating I had a bout with anorexia for like that almost put me in the hospital when I was 13 this episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union at Navy Federal it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. 
Isn't um, it just crazy? How, gosh, like now that I have a daughter and you have two sons, like mm. two raising kids, I just like, I struggled with the eating disorders and like self-image and I ate for comfort also and all of that and like just feeling insecure. I just like, oh, it just breaks my heart. But like God. you said, the world is brutal because like now we're adults and we're like sifting through all the shit that we went through as kids to try to sort it out to get our heads on straight so we yes. can be clear and have peace. But it's like all this stuff, no one does it intentionally. But like you just gather, and I like how you said, as you've been on this road, you've just been shaking off like all this, all the things, like the resentment towards the record deal, like all, working through all your childhood trauma. But it's like you gather all of this trauma along the way. You do, and it just like stays on you, and it weighs you down. And I'm like, how do we prevent our kids from getting this trauma? But it just like it's going to be inevitable on some level, right? It is, and I do believe that we. I mean, somebody said the other day to me, like we we kind of like as a parent, we have like somewhat of a responsibility to lightly mess up like psychologically our children. Because like, I mean, that's part of the thing. Nobody parents perfectly. I am, I, I am not being a perfect parent and I try and I just, no one is. But I do think that at the time, I think that we can observe them and watch them I think that when I had when I felt those traumas as a child, I came to an agreement that I needed to do certain things to be acceptable. Yeah, and I know my parents agree to those things. My parents um, are beautiful people. I mean, they were always dieting, and they're just healthy. They're just into diets and looking a certain way, appearing a certain way. Look at our family photos. The Buxtons are the perfect family. Ah, and we are really close to being perfect. We have like so much going. I mean, I love my family. I mean, we're close. I seriously might move to Idaho just so I can live next to my brother. Bought a freaking house there with my parents. We're really close. But no family is like escapes dysfunction. Every family has dysfunction, period. I mean, it's like part of the, that's the the whole, that's the whole class of, of family is like, there's, it's going to fuck you up somehow a little bit, <laughs> but I like, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but like, I do think that I made these agreements and I, and I'm now starting to realize like how deep they go. And I, I did like a Kundalini class uh, a few years ago, um, where I had this experience, I guess, I'm, lots of people that, that do Kundalini, you like go like this. I mean, like you're like going like this and circling like your hips and you're the like energy out of your body. all the energy out of your body and you're going like this with your hands and for like 15 minutes. And you're literally you shaking it out. She asked us to stop. Yes, you're shaking it out. You're just going, and then she was like, okay, now stop. And you're holding something. You're holding a ball. What is in your ball? And I was like, started bawling. I was holding the most warm self-love that I felt that I had ever experienced in my life. It was like the ball was full of like rainbow light and just all this amazing energy. And like, I was uncontrollably crying. I was like, I couldn't think of the word of what this was. And then as I was driving home that night, I went, inheritance. I came here to inherit this. This is something that I came here to uncover. Whoa. So I, went through, 
I chose those parents. I chose that, those friends. I sought that out. That happened to me. I was supposed to go through all of that perfectly to be able to uncover that I love myself like, and that, I, that, I'm, that everything's okay. But that doesn't stop because the so, there's so many other agreements that make up your life. It's like, where do I shop? What kind of clothes do I think I need? What kind of friends do I need? How much money do I think I need? Like, where does my, when I buy something, what's my process for acquiring what it is I think I need? Like, there's so many things that go so deep um, that now I'm kind of at this place of, I'm like half the big Lebowski and half a freaking Laura Ingalls Wilder character. <laughs> I'm like half, I got like, some nights I'm like, I want a cigarette and a glass of whiskey. And then other nights I'm like, I want a garden. And but all I know is like, I'm just getting back to like my wild nature and what means something to me. And I think what means something to me besides just my family and good health is like supporting local businesses and like writing music that is in alignment. I think like, I think it's the perfect time for me to put music out now because Spotify wasn't there before. I would have been so branded. I suck at branding. And I think it's good that I suck at branding. Like, I can't wait to see all the crazy things I get to put out now that I've finally gotten over myself <laughs> and over the process enough to just show up. And I'm interested in the exploration of it, the adventure of it now, you know? And Gosh, you said something too. Fine. Getting back to my wild nature, like that last little. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call it like a little, like a little like vocal prayer blurb that you just did. Like that was like some amazing stuff you just said. It really was like making me feel teary inside because I agree with you. And I think I appreciate people like you. Yeah who will go into the dark night. Like you mm -hmm. said, you've been in the, in the dark night of your soul. So many of us are so afraid and beyond even afraid, don't know how to get past these mm. wall, walls that we've built up. Like these how, would we know how? how would you know how? So like how you, would we know? you're started when you're a child, you're, you've taken the time to explore all the way back to the beginning of when this started. I have also done these kind of things myself because I am very much like you, very emotional, very much. I have to understand why do I feel this way? Why do I have all these blocks in my life? So I have also spent a big majority of my life once I started realizing that there's ways to like uncover this through therapy and stuff to get into yes. all, but like most people don't have those resources, don't even know those resources exist, don't want to dive into that stuff. And so people live surrounded by barricades of walls that they built when their beautiful ball of light, self-love, inheritance that they're holding in their hands, they can't ever even see it because there's just walls and walls and walls and walls and walls around it. So that is why people live in so much pain and like anger and resentment and like because they can never yes. and then they never deal yes. with it so it just builds and builds and builds yes and and ancestral walls like like we are we are carrying the pain of like our mothers and our grandmothers i mean i have emulated my mother so much that some of like what she went through as a child i felt like might have happened to me like i i'm i emulate her and i want her love and her acceptance. So whatever agreements my mother has made, 
I, as a child, would just buy into to be accepted and loved because I want to be in the tribe. And, you know, I feel like there was a moment I've, I've through Naomi Cook, the lead singer of Runaway June, who's a wild woman. She's amazing. And she's, um, she put something on her Instagram the other day about these herbal infusions. Stinging nettle. So anyway, I was like, excuse me, what? I'm interested in that. So she was like, okay. So she's been helping me learn how to make these infusions. And she ended up sending me a video of the woman who taught her mother how to do it. And this woman has gray, spindly, like, like my hair, if my hair was silver and like dark silver and light silver, and she had a headband on and she was in this kitchen with these pots and pans hanging around her. And there was a about seven-year-old girl up on the counter, you know, and she's making these infusions and she's calm, but commanding and strong and beautiful, but like not trying to be beautiful and wise. And I, I almost started crying because I'm so drawn to what she's talking about and what she's doing. And I realized that I don't have a woman in my life that's like that. I don't have a woman in my life that looks like that, acts like that, or has that knowledge. And I just started crying. And I was like, I tried to explain this to my mom. And my mom is just like, oh. My mom's just like, okay. And she like kind of gets it, but kind of. And then I'm going, when I was younger, I used to internalize my mom not getting it. Like she's not accepting because she's not getting into it. And I would just be like, why doesn't she get it? Or like, my mom must think I'm weird or no, she doesn't. My mom wants the best from me. It's like, I am finally able to see now, like, great, Sarah, like if that's what you're into, we're going to go seek out that woman. She's doing workshops. She's doing whatever. And we're going to go like, let's get mom, into it. Your mom does not have to be the one responsible to hold no. all of the, all of your personal, like, I, I totally get that. Like, Interest. Not one person can be this, the, the one be all for everyone. No, we can do things and love our mothers. And, and my mom is say, say, say your mom is like very religious and you're not religious. Guess what? Let her be religious. Like, or you, like my, my parents aren't not religious and I, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I, and like, that's okay. Everybody can just do their thing. And we just, don't have to be our parents. Yeah. We can take all the things that we love from them, all of the lessons that have shaped us who we are good and bad because they're all trying their best, but yes. we don't have, they're just people too. We don't have to have them. I mean, let's be real. They'll probably always be on some sort of pedestal because they're our parents and that's just the way it goes. But we don't have, we don't have to be them. We're our own human. And I think realizing that is freeing yes. for them and for us to know that they're doing the very best they can. Oh my gosh. And they're their own unique person yeah. and we're our own unique person and like they don't have to like you can go have this wise woman with the gray hair making all these amazing things out of nature and you can also have your mom and they can work simultaneously together yes and i don't have to feel yes and that goes for society too hey guess what it's never going to be where everyone agrees on the same thing so guess what and, and i and i find myself when i've gone oh god look what's happening in the world and then i'm like I don't have to do shit that the world is doing. 
I don't have to do anything that the world is doing. I could, I have like-minded friends. I have friends that are interested in what I'm interested. You can keep your circle small, man. You can keep it small. You don't have to worry about whether what you're doing is resonating with all the other women in your community. Like you can do your thing. It's just, how's it working for you? Like there are certain things about the way that like circles that I've tried to fit in before where it's like, Hey, it's never going to work for me to try to fit in that. Like it's never going to work. It's never going to be in alignment. doesn't matter because generally those people will end up liking you for who you, you are. And if not, then go find the other people. Like, and you know what I've, what I've realized because I feel the same way being in Nashville, like there, it's such a huge community of amazing people, a lot of creative people, a lot of successful amazing. people, a lot of smart people. But like in the Unreal. beginning, I had this desire to people please. And I wanted everyone to like me on a yes. best, on a best friend level. Like I'm like, if you don't think I'm your best friend and you like a hundred percent of who I am and invite me to all your stuff and like totally want to include me in everything, then I am a loser and I am not accepted. But now what I have realized is we can take, like, say there's a pie of a person. Maybe I connect with 20% of this pie of one person, 70% of the pie of another person, 10% of another person. Like I don't have to be on this like deep hundred percent level with everyone. Like we can connect in different parts and different things. Like maybe with one person we enjoy, I mean, I don't know, we enjoy baking together and another person we enjoy going on walks together and another person we like play yes. with our kids together and another person we like talk about clothes like another person we talk yes. about spirituality another person like you have you talk about herbal oh remedies gosh. you know it's like we can have different things that we do with different yes. people absolutely I, with with my son marshall he would get frustrated when he was like two with this friend that he had he was always trying to figure out is he my friend or not but he's mean because he does this and I'm like, right, but, but on other days, you guys do this. And it's pretty great, right? Like, so you get to do both. And it's like, you know what? Not all friends are for all days. Not all okay. friends are for all times. Like, it's just how it goes. <laughs> it's all Sarah, good. Sarah, I love that. So, mm-hmm. so, okay. So this has been a big year for you. Like, I feel like, because you, you. Huge. What, what has, what Huge. would you say is. What does peace feel like to you? And what has this year looked like? Like, why is this year, mm-hmm. why, why did it all shake out for you this year? Well, um, so another thing that happened that was a pretty big deal was last fall, I ended up getting uh, totally, this is what God does to me. And I, and I actually, not to get too woo-woo, but like I've looked, have you ever heard of human design? No. Okay, it's similar to astrology. I think don't quote me on that because it might not be similar to astrology at all. But I think, I think that's the sense that I've made of it. But anyway, I think it's kind of in the stars for me to experience certain things. And then like, I'm very lucky, but then these random unlucky things, and I can't even go into all of them because it's too, I would never share, but like things have happened to me that that's just like really um, but like last fall, I uh, experienced getting an occlusion, occlusion. I, I think that's what it's called when uh, you try to get lip filler and it um, blocks the artery of your lip. Um, so that was a huge thing for me about my beauty agreement thing. So that was, and then bumping. And you, you just, 
You just posted about it. Your lips like turned black. And it you turns almost black. And you almost like lost chunks of your lip. I almost there. lost my lip. Yes. And, and I, it's like, oh, that's so unlucky. How could that happen? And oh boy, like I've done it so many times. That's never happened to me. And it's like, well, I think it wasn't supposed to. And I think now I feel like this year, um, I mean, we're, we're, we've been, I, if I never, if I would have, if there would have been no COVID-19 madness, our family, we've had a great time being home here. Um, I do feel as though I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to, I don't feel like I'm supposed to look at my life. We have this like culture where everything's supposed to be so like overblown, like dreams, ambitions, like goals, New Year's resolution. And it's just like, it, it can be so hard for me because it never quite ends up looking the way that I want it to. But when I've, when I really look at what I've got, I'm like, this is a dream. We are living. I love my husband. He's not the perfect husband, but I love him and he's funny and he's fun to be around. And there's things about our marriage that are not great. And there's things that are just amazing and you know these children of mine I love them and I I'm learning that the smaller that I go the more simple that I go the more I have to build with I've I've spent a lot of time with like shaky foundations trying to just okay and because it's up here and like the dreams up here and it's like I'm just gonna reach and reach and reach and reach and reach but I'm finding like the more that I'm like grounding myself and just like going let's break it down like I'm releasing a I'm releasing an EP in a month month and a half and it's like used to would have been like oh you know I'm home here I have to really depend on my husband to be my accompanist. I don't really play the guitar. I don't play piano for shit. Like I, I'm a singer and uh, how am I going to like promote this? Oh gosh, look at her. Look at Caitlin Smith. Oh, she's on the piano. She's perfectly accompanying herself. And like, I'm just, I'm not as good because I can't do that. And it's like, now I'm finally realizing like, no, you are good. How can you do this? Just figure it out and do it in some wacky way. Like, just figure it out and just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. For you. Do it in the way that works for you. Like, do it in your way. I'm sure Caitlin Smith has plenty of things that she feels like she's not doing. She right. We all have oh all these things that we feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as because of this <laughs> or the other. Just do it. Put it out there. Do it from the heart. Figure it out. Do Throw it. it. Do some genuine, go. make it genuine and just do it. Just Stop overanalyzing it. And if you just go and if it's genuine and from your heart, God and the universe will take it how he wants to take it and open yes. doors that he wants to open. Things will, learn. yes, you will learn what you need to learn. It is not, I, I come from that same school of thought. It's like, you used to have a, have to have a perfect plan. You need to have a huge team. You need to have a lot of money. Got to be on the biggest, most huge platform. Yes, it needs available. to be 
Yes. Or you're selling yourself short. Or you're not. Yes. Or you're selling yourself short. When you really, didn't really know you weren't in your worth. Yes. Because you weren't on the biggest, most boldest, brightest platform that was out there to take your art to the, oh to the masses. God. You know what? Make your art, make your career, do whatever you feel called to do. Do it to the best that you know how to do it, that feels right. Follow the open doors and then just let the universe roll. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yes. I mean, I mean, I even last year was like, okay, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And if I'm going to release music, I'm going to, I hate Instagram. So I'm going to like figure out, I guess I'm going to figure out how to make Instagram work for me. And so I was like, so I was trying to learn about Instagram and then like learn about branding. And it just, that shit doesn't work for me. Like I, it just doesn't. It's like, okay, that is beside the point of who I am. I'm glad that I have the knowledge because I know eventually once I get the ball rolling from my grounded, simplistic, it is what it is place, then I know that those things will, they'll fall behind me. It will, it will, it will build itself behind me when I'm leading with authenticity and rather than leading from some fake, I'm branding myself bullshit and it's just not gonna work for me <laughs> and I so i've that. learned i'm just like i'm just gonna throw this stuff out there we'll figure it out as we go and i'm finding that the more that i do that the more it's like god's like good job good. just little sparkles just little sparkles around that that was like okay that tingled that felt really good and and, the, and i'm and i'm finding that's my process that's for for now like eventually maybe I will grow into some person that is like this be like, damn, that is a brand. Like that is a thing, but like it will happen because you're authentic. I started, I moved first. You made moves off from my heart. Don't man. Gosh, isn't that so true? Like Sarah, I feel so similar to you in the sense that for the longest time, we have had a similar path. I have been chasing what was yes. spark, sparkling. Like I have yes. been chasing the sparkly fruit, trying to grab it, trying to grab it. Never once really looking at what I have built, what I have supporting me, what is loving me, what is, what is a blessing in my life. Yes. Like so many blessings, like so many blessings. Instead I was like, no, I need this. I need that. They have yes. this, they have that. Like I got to yes. get there or else I'm not worthy. If I don't achieve this and no one's going to think I'm worth a shit. Like, like I got to get to this Holy grail. And then finally what's happened for me. And I'm sure you've experienced this too. I've met so many people who have this Holy grail that I thought yes. I was trying to get to. Like I thought yes. like that person has it, like they have it all dialed in. They have achieved mm -hmm the they're in the garden of eden might as well be like they or before eat ate the fruit whatever okay bad example i'm not yes. really, i'm not good with scripture but like basically they had gotten to this that would place. be a great band name good with scripture <laughs> okay sorry go ahead, go ahead. But they have gotten yeah. to this holy place and they are the chosen one and now i've gotten to meet a lot of these chosen ones i've interviewed them and i'm realizing they have so much shit going on too. Like everybody is just a person with a big yes. bag of shit that they're dealing with. Yes. You have to dig into your heart. What I've realized is I have to walk in my truth. Like what feels good to me when mm -hmm. I do this, I feel like I'm in my purpose. When oh I do gosh. this, I feel like I am contributing to the world. Something that is worthwhile, that is helping the world yes. instead of yes. 
Does what yeah. I'm, instead of, am I contributing to the world? Is it going to make me famous? Am I contributing to the world? Is it going to make me a star? Am I contributing to the world? Is it going to make me sparkly? Instead of leading with that, it's like, am I contributing to the world in a way that is going to bless the world? Because mm. I am truly doing something from my soul and wherever it goes, that's great. Because but I don't care. Because that is an agreement with you because you came here to bless the world. Yes. You came here. And so you agree with that. And it, and that works for you no matter what day it is, no matter what mood you're in, no matter what's happening on the news, it works for you to bless the world. So when you make that your one agreement, then you, and you're leading with that, you can't It doesn't matter where it goes. Yes. I, I, I made, I, I spent a lot of time worrying about how much money I was making because I had this thing about like retiring and like the music business, you only make money for this small amount of time. And like, I had this thing. And then I realized that lots of my agreements that I actually have are not actually money. Like lots of more, more of my agreements are about like connecting with nature and then I realized what a small fortune I actually squandered on, on like things that weren't in alignment with that. Like, and then I went, oh, if I had just been in agreement with this the whole time, I would probably have a ton more money in the bank because I would have been, you know what I mean? But now I know. And so I'm moving forward. You can't go back, you know, but I've, now I feel like so right-sized. It's just so... I think I've always also going back to the record label thing. I think I've always translated more in this type of a way, like a person to person type of way. And so I think that there's an element to whatever I will ever end up doing in the future that will always have this type of a feeling, mm -hmm. like just a conversation. And, and I'm realizing that too. It's like the big thing that I was like trying to do was like, keeping me from ever doing anything big because my main way of doing it is feels small but it's big but it just feels easy and well, doable and you simple. are like uh, there's all different types of people and we all have different types of souls but like i feel like for you you are so 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 deeply connected to your soul and mm. i feel like to express on a soul level like that, it has to be intimate. It has to be, it has to be, it has to be and I'm not saying it can't be heard by large right. numbers or seen by a large amount of people, but like the actual doing of the process of yes, whatever you're trying to, to get be. out has to be intimate. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I feel that same way. Like it ha I have to be able I see to that in you. Well, that's why I love podcasting because like I can, if I want to grow this, which I do once COVID stops, like I started doing live podcasts, which was really exciting because I can have an intimate conversation, but have an audience there. You know, it's like, and Whoa, see when you're cool. singing, like you can sing and like talk about stories about your songs and then sing them. So you're having this intimate conversation, but people can be there, you know, but it has to be intimate. Totally. Like this year, it's kind of hit me. Somebody said, uh, whatever you're googling at 11 p.m is like your real soul path and i was like Shoot, what are you googling I, i'm like always into healing so i'm like am i a reiki healer i'm like oh my gosh i because like and, and some of my best friends are like hell yeah you are but it's like 
okay, what am I going to do? Like abandon my music? No, I think like the best things are sometimes when you make this tiny shift. My, my um, Fiona Prine is a great friend of my best friend, Larissa Murphy. And Fiona always tells Larissa, Larissa like that 5% shift makes sometimes the biggest thing. And so it's like, when am I going to just, you know, do a 180 from my music career just because I realized that I love healing and I actually think I could be an awesome Reiki healer. <laughs> no, what, what could I do in my music that could bring that type of a healing in like through my music? There's, I mean, sound and melody is like so healing. So I could use that in a way that kind of, I don't have to have that as a hobby. I can actually bring it into like what I'm actually doing. And know? I think that's super profound to say that and to notice that because I feel like so many times we feel like we just have to jump ship on something. Be like, oh my gosh, I just got to quit this altogether and start something new. It's like, no, don't quit. Don't quit this altogether. Don't quit. Don't quit. Like, even if like you don't love your job per se, and like you've had a a spiritual awakening maybe during this time like you're saying you have like you want to change or like yes. you're, it's, it's simple like you want to simplify like you don't have to necessarily like throw everything away mm -hmm. you can start adding things in and then let it just shift itself like but just you don't have to throw the baby out yes. of the bathwater you said something about that earlier too you said something about like what do i what do i want to bring to the table and that was another thing that i realized like this during this time i was like okay I was Googling when I was so angry at the beginning of this. I, I, I was like way early on the at, at COVID co paranoia. Oh, me too. I, I, I was, was freaked like, out. Conspiracy theories. And I was just, I was like, I mean, I was hoarding batteries. I mean, I don't even know. I was like, <laughs> I was losing my, we have a shower that's full of like batteries. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so like, um, which is so unlike me, by the way, I do not do that, but the Buxton planner in me just freaking came out. I was scared too. I was scared out of my mind. So I was like one day after like two weeks of like night sweating out all of my um, hormones, like my <laughs> adrenal hormones. Um, I started Googling land in Canada on land watch. And I was like, I was like texting friends. I was like starting a commune and it was a joke, but I was like, starting a commune. I found a thousand acres in Canada for $2 million. We can split this up. Everybody gets 10 acres. And, um, like, just like, okay, I can, I can school the kids and do all these different things and we'll garden and we'll live off the grid. And then, um, and then I went, okay, no, but what would actually be great? Because I do think, um, Glennon Doyle has been talking about this in her book untamed. And I have, seriously been talking about this imagination thing and about how God speaks to us in our imagination. And, um, that night of the Nashville tornado, I woke up at 3am not knowing that there would have been a tornado. And it was like, I was Moses or something like the lightning struck and I'm on the toilet and my, and, <laughs> and my, I'm on the toilet. I'm doing like peeing at like 3am and the lightning's like, and it's like, I swear to God, I heard God's voice say, Canada's not a joke. Teach your sons to live off the land. <laughs> so are you, are you moving to Canada? Well, that's what I was wondering. And then I went, <laughs> hell no, I'm not moving to Canada. I'm, I'm, but I was like, but I am going to say, 
it's doable to get my garden going and possibly by the end of the year, look into some solar panels. And everybody's like, solar power is really expensive. And then I've learned, actually, you can buy the solar panels in Canada. I love you, Canada. Canada, you're just so calm and amazing. Anyway, um, so, but I, like, you can bring the solar panels from Canada and, like, install them yourself. And there's things you can do. So I went, okay, like, if that's my dream and if that's, like, what's igniting me and making me feel peace in my imagination, maybe that's what God wants me to do right now. Maybe right. God wants me to, to do that. Like, maybe my sons will have gardens when they grow up and they'll remember their mother doing this. And, and we can save a ton of money and, and also feel good about like the little bit that we're doing to, um, I might have a thing where I don't drive into town on certain days to, to be good for the environment. Like if we all so happy that the, that the ozone is healing, the earth is healing. Isn't this great? Well, guess what? If you just go right back to what's happening, then it's just not going to be like you, there's things we can do to say, I want to commit to, you know, using less plastic and, or like driving into town less. I like being at home. So I'm going to make it mandatory that I'm, that I'm home. And I only go out with my friends in town if I've been in town, like working. And if not, like there could be certain rules that you make for yourself just to keep your life more calm and just in more alignment with what is working about right now. So what, what have you being especially being home with your sons 24 hours of the day these days mm -hmm. gosh. what what have you learned about yourself through your sons oh my gosh that I actually have a lot of anger <laughs> how do you deal with that wow like it only comes out in motherhood like it's crazy what makes you angry um when I'm losing control I don't like losing control. I don't like being the one to have to control them. I don't like being the one who has to say no. I don't like being the one having to go, I'm, I'm totally comfy on the couch. The candles are smelling awesome. And this zone is like so comfy and great, but they need to go to bed now. So we all have to get up and the person who has to do it is me. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to clean up poop. I don't want to tell you, okay, you have peed on the toilet seat. You're not lifting it up. And if you do it again, no TV, and then having to follow through. Like, I don't like doing that. And so it makes me feel like I'm losing control. Um, I've also learned my, my oldest son is so much like me. He's so emotional and reactive. And I've learned that it's hard for me to... Um, hold space for my own emotions because when he's freaking out, it's really hard for me to just hold space for him and like let him freak out. Cause do you want to freak out with him? Yeah. I want to, I want to make it okay. Mm -hmm. Last night, a friend of mine, um, her husband and son, I told you were in an accident in the storm and immediately I was crying and just feeling so emotional for her. And I could, and I was sitting there and I'm petitioning with God and I'm, I'm looking up this information about um, um, Kali, which is a Hindu goddess of like the other side of, of like the, the divine mother. It's kind of a really heavy topic, but um, I, I'm looking for information about like when bad things happen. And like, it's like, I'm, I'm wanting to 
And it's like, oh my God, wow, I'm really having a hard time surrendering to like what's happening. Because you need an answer. I need an answer. I need to control this. I need to make this okay. There's no making it okay. Those are the things that motherhood teaches me all the time. And it's also teaching me that it needs a lot of me. It takes a lot of me. And I used to split that with a babysitter. And I used to split that with a, with a teacher. And it's just me now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah. And so we got to surrender into it, you know? Got to be there. Got to be where we are. What has being a wife taught you about yourself? Um, I've, I've definitely learned in marriage that I'm not without my own idiosyncrasies. Like, it wasn't like I was this angel that came to save Tom and give him a family. And that's definitely how I looked at it. Because I was like, you're such an angel in Tom's life. And I'm like, you're right. I really am. And um, I did. I gave him this amazing life. And this, you know, and like, and now I can totally see like, no, it is not that way. It's like, I made my choices and, you know, there's great things. Like when, I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing person and he's easy to live with. And I love him. And he made, you know, he, his musicality and, and his brain, like even me, like I'm very different from him, but he'll look at me and the other night he was so mad at me. Oh, why? So mad at me because now Tom has a YouTube channel. So he's doing these daily shows. What's it called? So we can yeah. go watch them. It's called um, homeschooling. So it's like with a K, like home, S-K-O-O-L-I-N. But it's like Tom Bukovac homeschooling. And he went, I mean, he's gotten like 40, 14,000 followers in like a month and a half. Like, wow. Yeah, it's like skyrocketing. He has people doing things for him. It's like now it's this new business like a new thing and he has workers and like guys that are like helping him with stuff and like it's crazy so um the other day I took a video of him while he was practicing his song for the next day and I but I always have done this to him I'm always like mm. and he didn't tell me to stop and I was like well I thought that you would know if I was holding the phone up pointing it at you for like 30 seconds that you would if you didn't want me to videotape then you would say don't videotape but he didn't so I put it on my Instagram and he got pretty mad at me. But um, then when I told him how I felt, like he's able to shift. He's not one of those guys that's like hard headed at all. Like he's so understanding and kind and um, he knows like what's important for me. I do my crazy like moon circles. I have, my prayer group moon circles and I have to do all of these things to keep myself in this flowy place and he and he um those are a priority to our family because it's a priority to me and I do that for him like we're able to do it where I notice other couples that are like way more attached than we are I notice some of my friends have had a hard time within that marriage being able to do things like without their husband or like would never go on a trip without their husband. And, and we're not that couple. We're just not that couple. And I used to, when we were younger go, 
oh my God, we are just so messy. Like, why can't he just go on vacation with me? He hates traveling. I love traveling. Why did I do this? And it's like, oh, I'm supposed to go with my friends. Like, luckily I have lots of friends that would like to go traveling. So it's just getting older and just realizing as I see things change. Also, we had kids kind of young. A lot of people that I'm around didn't have kids when we had kids. How old were so you while kids? I'm carrying, I was, I was 30, 32, but, but it seemed young. I think my friends might be younger or my friends had kids older. I don't know. I didn't have a lot of friends that had kids at the time. And I, and I think I just internalized that. But now then, and then we'll, we have gone through it. And then some of the perfect people that then they have the baby and they're like, ah, and I'm like, I know it's totally crazy. It just wipes everything away. It's just such a, intense time isn't it kind of awesome when you get to the point in your marriage and I feel like this is Michael too where it's like finally and I mean Michael it's always a work in progress I don't think you ever get to this perfect spot where you're like I figured out my marriage perfect but like isn't it awesome when you get to the point though where you're just like I'm gonna stop trying to fight this in some way like instead of like trying to change Michael because I think like something in my upbringing makes me think that he's doing this wrong or that we're supposed to be doing something different because I see this other couple doing it this way. And like, why are we not like this? When finally you get to this point, isn't this the big message of life of acceptance where it's like, okay, I, I look back, I look at Michael and I'm like, he's a good man. He loves me. He loves our daughter. He is a hard worker. He enjoys his life. He's a good time. He's happy. He wants me to be happy. Isn't that the main stuff? That's the main thing. That's so like, it. Why That's am it. I going to sit around and orbit around all these little tiny twister tornadoes that I'm making up because I have some preconceived notion that life is supposed to be a certain way? No. It's be the way that we make it work for us. I sometimes feel like we have to reprogram our brain for pleasure. I think our brain is programmed through survival to, to seek out problems, things that are wrong, fix it, make it better. We need to evolve. It's like for the survival of the species, we have to evolve and we have to, and then we almost are like, we've reached this place in our culture. Honestly, you can look around and go, wow, like we could not progress beyond this place and be really satisfied. It takes a lot of work to just remind yourself, not work, but it takes practice to remind yourself that it's okay to just be satisfied with the way things are. Right. And it's okay to just be, um, to, 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 to like feel pleasure today. Like to just take some things off your plate today and like find the moment that brings you bliss. Like, it's it, to just really go, okay, my kids are playing in a sprinkler and I don't have shit to do. I could run through that sprinkler. Like I could run through it right now. Like, and just get on the ground with them and laugh with them and enjoy with those people. Because I have three of them here. I have Marshall and Leo and Tom, and that is my world today. So if I'm going to connect, 
with my physical body, with anyone, it's going to be those three. So like, I could just connect with them and have this wonderful moment. And, and, and I could go put my arms around my husband and just say, I'm really proud of you for this new thing that you're doing. And just the attitude you've had about being you during this crazy time in the world. And I love you. And I'm so happy to be around you today. Why can't we just do that? It's like, that could be what I'm modeling for. Did you I, hear me? Yeah. You said that can be what you're modeling. Like, why can't yeah, we yes. just do that? Like why, like you said, we have this list that we have to run through. What's wrong? What can yes. I fix? Like, this is not right. This needs to be changed. And really, we're just making that list up. Like we're just making yeah. it up based on yeah. nothing. It's a, it's a make believe. So why not make believe? And instead of thing, all the things that are wrong, let's just go through all the things that are right. And all the things yeah. that we can get engaged with, instead of having this running list of things we have to check, check, like screw the list sometimes, like be in the moment. Right. Be in the moment, be in the moment. It's hard to do. We're not programmed for that. Like, that was not really modeled for me. And also like with marriage, you know? I, I totally agree with and, you. And so it's like you. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I totally agree with marriage. Like you do what? With marriage. Sorry. Now my connection is unstable. I'm sorry. I like Sarah, you're a great trooper to be with me on this. I love stuff. it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm having the best time. I'm having the best time. With marriage. Yes. Instead of like me going through like, what do I what needs to be different? Like, what do I need to fix in my marriage? Nothing. Cause the core things are there. I need to embrace Michael for who he is. And like you're doing with Tom, embracing Tom for who he is. There's no preconceived notion beyond that other than something I'm making up. So just be happy with this great man who loves me. Absolutely. Tom, Tom likes to watch these death shows. He likes to watch forensic files and like, he likes to watch my 600 pound life and my strange addiction and all these crazy, like he's really into like dark stuff like that. And, and I'm not, I know a lot of people that are, it's not like a man thing. Like a lot of women are into it, different people. It's just not my thing. Like, it's just not, but like sometimes when he's watching it, I'll be like, now I have not done that during this quarantine, but, but, but sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to pour a little whiskey and sit down with him and just watch some 600 pound life. And I'm just gonna have this moment with him. Like if that's what he wants to do, I'm gonna connect with him doing this. But also, you know, we've gotten so busy with our careers, him doing whatever and me doing whatever that we've we stopped making music together. Like, and still even in this quarantine, it's like we've tricked ourselves into, at the beginning we were making a lot of music together. And then, and then he started this show and then it's like, well, that's his music. That's his thing. That's his and it's like, but we really, that's how we really connect is like when we're making music, like that's how we really connect. We can't stop doing that. Like, and that's, and another, that's another cool thing to notice is like, I feel like this quarantine time is a great time to do this is to really take inventory of where do you connect? Like, what are the outlets that you connect with your husband? What are the outlets that you connect with your children? And then just keep those as a priority. Like if making music is an intimate thing for you and Tom, and that's one of the ways you experience intimacy, then you just have then to have it. It's a requirement. Yeah. It's a requirement that can't be taken out. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, somebody said the other day, they were like, oh, 
I love growing tomatoes and I love making tomatoes. I love, I had like herbs and I had tomatoes and I was so happy. And now I've gotten so busy in my job and I'm going, you know what? You would know that you have the right job when you have enough time to make tomatoes or keep the job, figure it out, make a boundary that says, no matter what, I have enough time to come out here and clip these weeds and like tend to my tomatoes. Like it has, that's like the thing then. That's the, that's the thing that keeps you slowed down. We have to have speed bumps. And you have to, some people have to have speed bumps. I need speed bumps. I think we all do. I think you, we all need to figure out the places in our lives that cause us to be still and remind us of who we are so we can love those around us fully. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. To do that, then you never take the time to quiet down and to like reassess and be like, Oh, actually this is what fuels my soul. So now I can come into life with a full, with a full tank, you know? Yes. Like I've always had this vision, like whenever people would be like, well, how much money do you want to make? What are your goals? And, and it's always been hard for me to specifically name goals and like how, what I want. But like, I know that I've always wanted a feeling from things. And I've always wanted things to kind of, I have this vision of myself with this kind of reciprocal energy flow that just kind of goes like that. Like if I was to create a life where Every week I made sure that Tom and I had a musical moment. Like maybe, maybe our date night is that. Maybe that's our date night is like on Saturday night we go play at Kimbrose in Franklin, like just a little gig. We go do something like that on, or, and then on the week we don't do that, we go out to dinner or like, and that's that. I have a garden. I have time with my kids. Like I only go into town this certain amount of days. And then I, it, would, it would be like, well, damn, that would kind of be a perfect life. Now. I'm privileged to be able to say that because as creative people, like we kind of were our own bosses, but I know not everybody has that luxury, but there's ways to do it where saying no to the right things makes more space for where you're real, where you're really aligned, where you really things that give you back energy, My sister, people that give you back energy. My sister told me this, she got it from somebody, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying yes to all sorts of stuff that you really don't want to say yes to, then you're shutting the door on truly what you want to be spending your life on. So it's super important. Yes. And I feel like this quarantine time is a great chance to take inventory and assess that of like, what is really fueling me? What are really my hell yeses? And weed out all the, all the, just the kind of, uh, I don't really want to do it, but I will like just stop saying yes right. to this thing. Absolutely. Stop saying yes. Like before you say yes, take a minute. Like sometimes I'm like quick to say yes because of some of these other things that I think matter, like their feelings or right. um, what I, what's expected of me and um, maybe some old goals that, I, that aren't really my goals anymore. And it's like easy to just be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should make room for that. But let me see. Let me, let me see when I can make room for that. Hold on. And then it's another thing to go like, Okay, before I say yes to this little thing that's going to take three hours out of my day or whatever, whatever it is, is that really how I want to spend that day? Like, do I need to? Some things you have to do, but a lot of things we don't have to do. Before you say yes to it, think about what it's going to make you say no to. So say you say yes yes to it three hours out of your day, but then what if you miss the moment of running through sprinklers with your sons because you would have had uninterrupted time to just be with them 
instead of saying yes to this thing that you really don't want to say yes to anyway, now you miss this moment, this unstructured moment that happened because you had space to be there. You know, it's like, right. yeah. I'm trying to figure out right now what to do with my oldest son. He's in um, the Williamson County school system. He's in public schools and it's really, um, it's just public school. It's just like government. It's like, you cannot miss any days. And I, and I'm trying to figure out that doesn't feel like a hell yes to me, like because of the, the vacation time. And so, and I've, I like it because it's free mm -hmm. and that's great. And I know my kids are going to be, I can culture them. I, it's not like they just, okay, they're, but I, but I've been trying to figure out like what's going on with that. That's been like a huge thing that's been on my mind in this time. That's like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Every time I that. figure out an answer, Taylor Lynn taught me this. So I was in a trio with, you know, Taylor, um, mm -hmm. she taught me every time you don't know what to do, just pray for clarity, just like pray mm -hmm. for clarity and just mm -hmm. start opening yourself up to receiving clarity. And yes. you don't have to make a decision until you have clarity on it. So if you don't know what to do, stay, stay put, stay where you are. And until right. clarity comes, just start looking for it, praying for it. But until it comes, just stay put. And then eventually the answer, the solution will flow yes. into life in the perfect time. We might just quarantine our way right into the fall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not send them back. I know. I don't know. I mean, I might, I don't know until I find like a private school that's affordable and in alignment with what we want, but it's a wild yeah. world out there. I think one of the things, wild. the biggest blessings I'm learning from quarantine is all of these, um, things that we thought had to happen with the world. All of these rules that we had set, all the way mm, things has been completely disrupted and it it's has. making me realize that, okay, we don't have to do things a certain way. Like the world completely stopped everything that we knew as normal. And now we're creating all sorts of new normals. So like, why don't we take advantage of this time and just make our own new normal and like figure out actually what we want to do instead of what we thought we had to do. Cause we realize now we don't have to do anything. Yes. We're completely stopped. Yes. Like take, it's like going through it and going, okay, I'm going to list out the things that I'm going to list out the things that were the biggest blessings for our family, for our country, for globally, like thinking about the planet, thinking about, um, you know, our global family and our family here at home. And, and what are the biggest blessings and how much of that can we hold on to? Like how much of it can we really hold on to? I, I love, love thinking about, I love thinking about if everybody really did, you know, treat the, our environment, like it was as much of a crisis as they've treated like their own life, you know, like, of course we're like, stay home, save lives. It's like, I would love it if we could seriously start really talking in our communities and in our friendship groups about like what we can do environmentally to like keep things doable for our kids and their future. Um, Love that, Sarah. Yeah, I don't know. But I know like, okay, I might have to, you know, it might be that I'm going to move into some kind of, maybe I'll get involved in some activism. Maybe there will be things I can do to bring awareness to things with my music. And I don't know, but I'm, but that is, I'm realizing so important to me. So I'm like, okay, 
since that's been a focus during this time, I'm going to try to carry it out. Sail it in, carry it out. Okay. So I'm going to have to wrap up because I'm on 10% again. And if this dies, I'll have a pure blown panic attack. But I have loved this conversation with you more than anything in the world. We've been trying to have this for a while. And we said at the beginning yeah. of this convo, we both believe whatever is supposed to happen when the moment has come together, like this was the moment that we had the podcast. And it was, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. And it was supposed to be right now. And I love that you embrace it all. Like it's all just how it's supposed to be when it all happens. It is. I, I have to live that way too, or else. You, you worry too much about everything and trying to get everything perfect when you just got to go for it. Like you said about your music, just go yes. for it. Just put it out there. Just do it. Just go for it. Just go for it. I'm happy that our, that our podcast happened in this time where everything's so crazy. It's just Me too. so perfect. And thank you so much. I've just loved it. And I, I love, love you. you. Okay. So I end every podcast. Sorry. The UPS just, the UPS trucks here too. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. It's loud. Um, <laughs> I end every podcast with leave your light. What do you want people to know? I want people to know how much they matter. I want people to know that there's no such thing. It's not, I think we have a perception that, yes, we're small, but I think we have a perception that so much about the world is out of our control anyway. And and these, the powers that be are doing things the way they want to do them. And this is what society thinks is beautiful. This is what blah, blah, blah. But, but really, like, every single person here has a purpose. And that's what makes the world so amazing. And I would love if, if community developed little groups of women and groups of men go to breakfast and talk about family, talk about marriage. People get together and empower each other on, like, such a small level. Everybody matters. And, and that 5% shift that I know everybody can make yeah. right now could, could change. The, if everybody made a 3% shift in their life towards something beautiful, then it will definitely, then beautiful things are coming. And, and, and so you matter, all of you listening, you matter. What you're going through matters and what you do with it matters. I love that, Sarah. Ah, you're so amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you. I love it was you. fun. I love your spirit. I the first podcast. Ah, yay. That was a Brene Brown fucking first time. Yeah. FFT. Happy first we time. Did it. Thank you for having it be with me. It means so <laughs> much to me. Thank you. Um, I hope you uh, had a great experience with your first time. I did. Okay, good. I did. Good. It was the best. You're the best. Okay, don't hang up because I'm going to do a quick little talk afterwards just with you for five okay. seconds. I love your face. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. 
It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And? Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.